1: This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey
2: everybody, it's Civilized Barking, uh, Monday morning edition. There was no post-game edition because it was Christmas, quite frankly, and then uh, I had to navigate my way home from Green Bay. Thank goodness that was all smooth. Um, Jason, it's just strange. <laughs> uh... <laughs> The Browns are alive somehow, right? And they've they've been trending downwards offensively since early October. Um, it's now January by the time they play another game. The defense has answered the call and just did again. Uh, the Browns were close again and had a chance to knock off one of the NFL's best teams. You know, I think when the Packers lose in January to a team that can run the ball, we'll say the Browns were a part of that, right? But um, they turn a ball over. I, I don't know. I guess <laughs> I'm I'm asking where you want to start. You want to start with where they are or with what happened or with how bizarre it is to be where they are and still have a chance for as poorly as they played offensively.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I know what the numbers say, and, and I watched, boy, the Bengals looked really good yesterday. Now, what does that mean for what they're going to look like two weeks from now? Who knows? Uh, and I know and basically if the Browns went out, you know, they've got a decent shot of still making the playoffs. I I pulled the plug on this team after the the loss at Baltimore. And I don't care what the math says. I don't care what the numbers say. I know what my eyes tell me. My eyes tell me this is not a playoff team. And we've seen that over and over again. We saw that Saturday at Green Bay. You know, you and I, I didn't go just because it was the holiday. I stayed home. I had enough Christmas games when I was covering the NBA. So I stayed home and we texted a little bit. And I felt at the half like, if they stop turning the ball over, they're right there. They're in this game. They can win this game. But again, they they can't do that. They can't not turn the ball up. It's always something. And Saturday it was Baker. He, he was awful. And I was just right when this call started, I was just going back and watching some of those interceptions again. And his footwork's terrible, his decision making is awful, throwing off balance into coverage. Like, come on. And and so no, I don't, I don't I know I saw your tweet that the, the Browns are a favorite this morning, and how is that possible? And I agree, like it's <laughs> it's nuts. And and yes, mathematically they're still alive in the playoff race, but I'm just going off of what I've seen, and nothing about this team tells me they're a playoff team. Right.
2: Um. All right. So I, I want to make this point. Uh, everything you just said is right. And and the four interceptions were obviously the story of the game. And um, if they just don't throw the third one, they probably win the game. Right. Like That's that. That. <laughs> because that was short field. Um, instead of being down 14, 12 at half, driving, right? So the worst-case scenario, if you don't turn it over, is you're down two. You have a chance to go up one if the kicker can make it, or, or go up five or six. Um, instead, you're down nine at half. You're averaging eight yards a play, and you're down nine at half. And yeah. then your defense, which is missing six regulars, right, and Miles Garrett playing on one leg, um, said he didn't even get in a stance until warm-ups, and then he thought, oh my gosh, I, I probably shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> um, you know, you. <laughs> so uh, again, uh, and I think most people understand this, right? Yes, there was defensive holding on the last play. No, the Browns did not lose because of that, right? Um Yes, it, it's always going to be competitive ebb and flow, and there's going to be certain plays along the way that set up other plays that change the shape of the game. And the Browns missing the first PAT and then going for two as early as they did changed the shape of the game. And all the interceptions changed the shape of the game. But if he just doesn't throw that one on the sideline, and trust me, I was watching Jarvis Landry and Russell Douglas the entire way. As soon as Baker, Baker was not done with his drop back and Russell Douglas was picking that ball off, right? So... It wasn't the worst throw of the day because that was the back foot red zone interception that you're talking about. But just right there, you have a swing of anywhere between seven and 14 points. It reshapes the entire game again, and you end up losing by two points and throw a fourth interception. And yeah, I mean, like we have been in the mode of we're looking at next year already. Um, The things have broken the way because the division is completely broken. The Ravens have no DBs um, and have and didn't have their number one or number two quarterback yesterday. They got bombed on. Uh, to watch Ben Roethlisberger drop back and throw the football is painful. It really is. The Steelers have an awful run defense, and I completely understand why the Browns would be favored in that game. Um, and, and it'll be the game, the, a game the Browns need to win, unless the Bengals beat the Chiefs on Sunday and clinch. But it just to me, it just comes down to don't throw the one of four. And you're in the game. So he came out, he said, I hurt the team. Um, you know, for once he he was fine in post game. He wasn't looking for a fight. He actually showed up and, and did it. But, like, that is just, again, I mean, this is the fourth time this season that we've said that's about as poorly as an NFL quarterback can play. And they still could have won the game.
0: If he wasn't the number one overall pick, if, if they didn't win a playoff game last year, if his name was, I don't know, Pete Smith, quarterback of the Browns this year, what would people say about him based on his performance this year?
2: Well, they would say the same things that they're saying. I mean, I think when you talk about outside perception, I think over the last four to six weeks it's all changed, Jason. Um, I think – not according to my Twitter feed. See, you're, you're those people have just – I've either muted or blocked them all then because they're, they're <laughs> gone on people like you were right and I'm sitting here victory lapping around my mom's basement. You're like, of course I was right. You know, come on. I know a little bit. I've seen this shit. Um, no, I, I think a more valid question, because who cares what we think, right, um, right. is through the injuries and in all of this, and, and our colleague uh, Dan Lobby at, at the uh, at Cleveland.com asked Kevin after the game if he would considered a change. I mean, they have said – This is the guy that we're sticking with. So I believe, and I've been clear in in this, that Kevin has been saying without saying all along, this guy's not good enough. Go back and watch at a level we're not able to, right? Those who do this for a living, go back and watch what routes we're running, how we're approaching things, what we're being asked to, and we can't win with this guy. But they have stuck with him, and it is more than fair to ask. I I understand the reasons why he didn't want to show 1% of change even when injury was the out. I understand the reasons why he doesn't want to play Case Keenum. But I just think, operationally, you know exactly what it's going to look like with Case Keenum, even if there are throws out there that he can't make. And when you look at it, they're not completing those throws anyway. And it's not all, all on Baker. The guys don't get open. When they do throw down the field, Peoples-Jones either isn't open or as soon as the defender gets his hand anywhere near him, he drops it, right? Um, they, they they were able to get a little creative and, and spark some things. But, you know, you can't ever trust what David Njoku is or isn't going to do. Um, his career would be summed up. I, I need to say this on the podcast. Last Monday, he had that great catch in the back of the end zone, and then it turns out his toe was out and he came out. And, I mean, his agent goes on Twitter and posts that and says one of the best young – tight ends in the game. I mean, that would sum up David Njoku's career, the catch that he almost made that gets victory left in <laughs> Right? So, to get back to the whole thing, it's fair to ask if they've played the best quarterback. But Kevin has at least been consistent and clear on that. And whether that has to do with – I don't think that has to do with him being the number one pick of the draft as much as he's the starter of this team, and this team's going down w- without him. And he keeps getting chances. They, they should have, could have beat – the Green Bay Packers, they didn't. And they're in a scenario now that if they're relying on Patrick Mahomes to win a game, and if he does, then they'll have a chance to play themselves into the playoffs.
1: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
0: I want to, uh, I've poured over a bunch of numbers after the game, and there's a couple stats I want to throw at you and see what you think, but before I do, you know, I was watching that Bengals game yesterday. I I don't know how much of you were traveling, if you were able to see it, Did you see the throw Burrow made into double coverage to T. Higgins?
2: I did not. I've only seen bits and pieces. No, it was. All right. So he
0: makes this throw downfield and you got to go back and watch it. He makes his throw down the field and it's basically just, you know what? I trust my guy to go make a play. And and if Baker made that type of play, it would have been picked off and we'd be killing him for it. But Burrow gets praised for it. it. It was just, it was in an absolute perfect spot. And Higgins goes up and makes it in double coverage, and it was like the, it was the perfect place to drop it. And I was I was thinking about Baker as I was watching that game yesterday, and thinking about the throw that he made to Peoples Jones into double coverage. And I know what he said after the game that he thought he saw a hold. Aikman pointed out on the broadcast that there's a hold there, but but I just look at that and go, number one, how can you rely on the officiating to get a call And, and, and that split second moment? How are you going to count on them and say, oh, I'm going to make this throw because I believe I can get that call? And secondly, he it wasn't he didn't put it in a spot where Peoples Jones could catch it. And it also wasn't I mean, people Peoples Jones didn't make the best effort after it either. So I don't want to totally absolve him of it. But I was just watching these two AFC North quarterbacks, similar situations kind of making these throws, and one was spot on and a big physical receiver went up and made the play, and the other one, it looked like DPJ was trying to make the tackle more than the catch.
2: Yeah, because the safety had to beat on it the whole way. Um, you know, DPJ wasn't open, and there was hand fighting with, with the other guy. But it was the safety that picked it off, and it was the safety reading it the entire way.
0: Because he overthrew him.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, and he was never open. They knew where that was going. The Packers DBs right. spent much of the game um, just just knowing where, where it was going. Right? And the one they didn't was the one that threw off the back foot that went 10 yards over Jarvis's head, and a guy happened to be there. I mean, they dropped two more interceptions, Jason, in the, in the second half. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um well let me read you the let me
0: let me tell you some of the things that I found uh because it it really sort of shocked me. And uh Browns average eight point eight yards per carry. And I thought, boy, that seems like that's good enough to win the game. So how often does that happen where a team runs for almost nine yards a carry and still loses the game? Turns out happens all the time. (laughs) In the last three years, teams are twelve and twelve and they run it for better than eight yards a carry. Twelve and twelve and when but the, the top teams that throw it the best uh averaging 12 yards per pass attempt 32 and 1 so that tells me for all the that I scream and beat my chest about there's no such thing as too much chub and give it to chub and I do think they've gone away from him at times when he could have helped them even more this just screams Running the ball in the NFL is not good enough. You have to be yeah. able to throw it effectively. And it's not yards per completion. It's yards per attempt. That's efficiency. That's throwing the ball down the field. It's having the type of day again, Burrow had yesterday. And the Browns just can't get that out of the quarterback position. But when I saw that, I was shocked that you can run it for nine yards of carry all day long. It's going to give you a 50-50 chance to win in the NFL over the last three years.
2: Yep. Um, let me let me throw what, out another what, number, what too. What do you make of that? Go ahead. Yeah, well – uh, I'm going to tell you after I threw If I said 63% um, f- for something the Browns have done this season, is, is there anything that immediately comes to your mind?
0: Uh, I would say Baker's completion percentage. No,
2: maybe. I'd have to look up exactly what it is. I bet it's lower than that. Um, it, it was kind of an unfair oh, word for me, unfair way for me to pose that because it's not a stat we've ever talked about. They're 7-8, and eight, Jason. They've run 63% of their plays for the season. They've run with the lead. So what's that wow. tell you about when they're failing, when it really matters, right? And you can draw up an offense. I mean, you would love to run the shit out of the ball and strangle people, right, and have a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter every game, regardless of how you got it, and and turn it over to your running backs. And it used to be two running backs, and now it's three because because Dearness is a legit NFL running back, right? Um, yep, but does that not magnify the failures of when it counts the most? Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I haven't, frankly, I haven't looked it up in a couple of weeks. Um, two, two, three weeks ago, this team was 20th, 22nd in third downs on offense and twenty first on third downs on defense. And we know all the fourth quarter failures. And just since we're being frank here, um, you know, it was Jarvis in the fourth quarter of the uh, the Steelers game. It wasn't the quarterback, but the second Ravens game and the Vikings game that they won and the Lions game, the offense failed in the fourth quarter then too. Right. So this is just what you have to do. Uh, and th- that's that to me is why this doesn't feel like a playoff team, right? Every team has ridden the roller coaster of momentum and injuries and now COVID, right? Every team has had, I mean, a, a, a game that the, the Buffalo Bills lost to Jacksonville for God's sake. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, The Ravens were running away with the division before they lost their entire secondary and then their quarterback in in a span of, you know, gradually over over like two and a half games. Um, Every team has ridden that, but you have to win at the end. And now the Ravens, as banged up as they are, are left to lament a couple of missed two-point conversions that would still have them in first place in the AFC North. It just underscores my point. It comes down to winning on the money downs and specifically winning in the last few minutes. And you look at the Browns now needing help – and seeming dead, even though they're absolutely not. You can go back and pick any of those fourth quarters where you just needed complete passes down the field. And for those of you who are mad that Nick Chubb got five straight touches to start the last series and then wasn't in, or thought we, that the Browns could really run the ball down the field the entire way in the last two minutes, that's not how it works. This is the NFL. They were going to have to complete passes. David Njoku is open on the sideline twice. Once he gets his hands on it, once he couldn't get his hands. Wilt Chamberlain couldn't have got his hands on that. On that, <laughs> right? And they throw in the middle. It's third and ten. It's what, exactly what the Packers want. So, yes, you can question the play calling. Yes, you can question the personnel grouping, all of that stuff. Absolutely. But you have to convert. You have to throw the ball down the field with a minute left in the game. And we go back to September and October and on Christmas Day. In Lambeau, despite all the turnovers and all the strangeness and all the guys missing for COVID, you just have to complete some passes and he can't do it. 11 to 26 for
0: 74 yards and two interceptions when they're down by one score or less in the last four minutes of the game. I tweeted that out the other day. A quarterback rating of 17.8. 17.8 is Baker's quarterback rating when the Browns need him the most. 31st rated quarterback in the NFL this year in fourth quarters. And it's not just this year, he's 41st in his career. His 16 interceptions in the fourth quarter are the most in the NFL since 2018. This is not a shoulder injury issue. This is not a Baker's banged-up issue this year. This is a consistent pattern throughout his career. We talked about it. We opened the season podcast talking about. You pointed it out. I didn't even think about it. They lost the game last year in Kansas City with the ball in his hands. They lost the game this year with the ball in his hands. It's been a recurring pattern over and over and over. And we have four years now of proof. This isn't an injury thing. I don't want to hear about the injuries anymore. It's not about his left shoulders hurting him, so he can't use that arm to aim. Then what's the excuse for last year, the year before that, and the year before that? 16 fourth-quarter interceptions, the most in the NFL since 2018.
2: Yep. I mean, go back to Kansas City. I mean, what was that? (laughs) Right at the end, in the middle of the field. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Oh
0: wait, I have to I have to correct myself. Second most. Sorry. And it's eighteen. Eighteen interceptions, in the fourth quarter of his career. Second most in the NFL since
2: 2018. Alright, so I'm, I, I'm it's,
0: gonna... you can't win that way.
2: No. Um I heard an interesting thought from someone else. Um and and I just want to you know, we're gonna, I'm gonna write about Ben this week and about, you know, how how the Browns obviously how he's haunted the Browns until last year he was the winningest quarterback in their stadium, my God, right? and how they should could have drafted him. I mean, two weeks before the draft, they went and took their own receivers for a private workout were on his campus. He was from Ohio. He was begging to be drafted by the Browns. He wasn't. I um, mean, that goes back to, gosh, I mean, the first time he really burned the Browns, it was Willie McGinnis missing a tackle. You know, uh, wow. I, I mean, Nick Chubb was in elementary school when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> right? But this that I heard, um, it was, I have some family in Youngstown, and I was out that direction. A couple, a week or I I don't know because it's Christmas and I don't know what was an hour ago and what was a week ago. But anyway, these people were calling in to Pittsburgh radio, and they were talking about replacing Ben and saying, you know, that they don't want to go into the desert for years and all of this stuff. And the host was like shutting them down like crazy, saying, "You know, I, I don't want to hear that. Like it doesn't matter how long it took to replace Terry Bradshaw, right? It doesn't matter." whether you look at Ben as the franchise icon that he is, or the guy that's only won three playoff games in the 10 years, because we're looking forward. So it's all about getting the next guy and getting it right. Right. And you know, that, that to me, it it just hit home because the only thing that Baker defenders have right now, and and I hate to even go there. I can't believe here is, well, I mean, what's it going to be like, what was it like before him? That has nothing to do guys. The Browns have never had this kind of roster. They never ever had not not in the not in the new generation. I'm I'm talking about right in 2007. They obviously had a good roster and they came back and it wasn't the same. They had um, MRSA issues. They had contract issues. They had attitude issues. You know they 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 went for it and it it busted. Um, you know th- this roster they has Miles Garrett has Nick Chubb. Those are arguably the two most talented players outside of Joe Thomas, maybe inarguably. <laughs> right, that this this new era franchise has had. Like, you have to have this quarterback play. And this team's alive, and, you know, if you trust in Barry and Stefanski, which I do, you you can think that they're going to be okay. But these windows, they don't stay open for long. That's also fact. And I just look at this. Like, he's older – or, excuse me, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson – Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, and Justin Herbert are all younger. They're going nowhere. And the thing about being back in the stadiums and back on the road this year is when the really good offenses throw passes, yes, guys sometimes get open, and yes, sometimes guys, even Devontae Adams, arguably one of the greatest receivers of all time, dropped that ball the other day to reopen the door for the Browns. But, Jason, you see the same thing. Where is the ball when the really good quarterbacks throw it? The guys know where it's going. And sometimes Denzel Ward breaks it up, and sometimes the pass gets dropped, and sometimes the guy runs the wrong route. But consistently, where is the ball placement from these quarterbacks?
0: Right where it needs to be.
2: And the Browns passing game is just not consistent whatsoever. And, and sometimes it's back foot, and sometimes the guys aren't open, and sometimes it's, you know, <laughs> a lot of things but it's it's not consistently where it needs to be not in any regard and i just think this year they have seen that so i don't know what's going to happen i don't know what the best option is but i'm i'm kind of fascinated that your twitter mentions and story comments and whatever are still the same because mine have have flipped from 2080 to 8515
0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall
2: Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said.
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Turn to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, and I don't I don't read them very often. So, But I did, after the first interception... Uh, I tweeted something like, "I what what was he looking at on that? I really wanted to know what he was looking at. And and the Baker bros were out in full force after that. And so then I just stopped paying attention after that uh, to to Twitter. Uh, but, I, you know, Zach, I, the longer this goes and the deeper this goes, I don't think he's back next year. I, I, I think the Browns are going to make a change of quarterback. I've thought that for a few weeks, and, and I, I really think that now. And it just feels like Brady going to Tampa. Stafford getting traded to L.A. is just the start of what could be an avalanche of quarterback movement here this offseason. And I don't know who the guy's going to be. Like, that's that's the thing is, okay, well, then who? Who? Give me an answer. Who? Well, I don't know what the answer is. Just like the Rams didn't know at this point last year that Matthew Stafford was going to be their quarterback. But they knew they had to get better from Jared Goff. And Jared Goff took them to a Super Bowl. And the Rams said, he's not good enough. We have to get better at that position. So what do you think they're saying in Berea right now? So I can't tell you who it's going to be, but I know between Derek Carr and Deshaun Watson and some of these other names. I mean, Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he is more than available right now. It's just a matter of wrestling with your morals, and can you really go down that route, given everything that's going on with him? But the Browns answered that question when they bought Kareem Hunt. And that was John Dorsey, but it was the same ownership group that signed off on Kareem Hunt that is still here and would have to say yes or no to Deshaun Watson. You think that they would say no to Deshaun Watson after watching Baker the last year? I don't think that they would. So, I can't tell you who the quarterback is going to be in 2022 for the Cleveland Browns. I don't think it's going to be Baker Mayfield.
2: I think the only realistic of the of the four names that could be traded that are that are established guys would be the fourth most talented Derek Carr. I I Jason and we'll talk about this because there's going to be time. I just don't think Watson is is reality. Um, a, B, and C for all this lingering out there that we don't seem to know how that's going to go, but D, if he does become available, I cannot see the Browns winning the bidding war that it would take to get him because, because it, of it, the picks that you would need to give up. Yes, yes. I, I just think, I just think there's there are other teams more positioned, um, t- to be in on that, and and, and it's certainly a fascinating and multi layered and complicated thing. Uh. But I've said before, if he gets a four-game conduct suspension, and you have one really awkward press conference, and two and a half awkward days of your fans calling sports radio to retire, but you have your quarterback for the next twelve years, and it's Deshaun fucking Watson, <laughs> sounds good <weird> to me. <laughs> uh, I just don't know how <laughs> realistic it is. Um, Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere. the The, the Packers are not going to do it. They're not. They're not. Not. Not going to do it. Russell Wilson has a no trade clause and last year released a a list of teams that he wanted to be traded to without actually acknowledging that he was asking for a trade. Cleveland was not on that list. Cleveland would not be on that list. Um, Probably not be on that list. I don't want to talk in absolutes right now, but we know who he's married to. We know um, that he's a mega star on and off the field. And we know that teams like the Giants, the Dolphins, uh, even the Broncos, potentially the Raiders are going to be in the quarterback business. So to me – Right now, on December 27th, the most realistic is Derek Carr, who uh, is in his early 30s, who's a really good player, is a really good fit for this offense, in my mind. Is not a superstar, has not made deep playoff runs. He has one year left on his contract, and the Raiders are going to be an organization in total flux. They already, you know, are, are in the coaching business. They're probably going to be in the GM business. If Mark Davis decides that they're going to move on from Derek Carr, there'd be a bit more. Um, You know, something like a first and a couple of mid-rounders. You know, something like a first, a third, and a player gets you in the bidding. Um, You know, the problem is if it's truly bidding, you you have to win that. But to me, both in reality and just in fit, talking about it from two miles away, right? I I think it's Derek Carr, and, and, and to me, he he is such a better option than anyone else. Because beyond that, guys, you're talking about either drafting one or you're talking about Mariota, Trubisky, that group. Yikes.
0: That's not very exciting. What about, what do you think, of, and we have plenty of time to get into this, and we will, but I just, one more name I want to throw out at you. He's had a pretty good bounce back here. What about Garoppolo?
2: See, I just, I, I, I think the similarities are too much, I, you know.
0: I agree. I don't think that that's much of an upgrade over, over Baker. And I, I don't know that I would go that route, uh, but Here, I, just, I don't think we ever really yeah. talked about this. So no, and when we get into that that it,
2: way. we'll get into the next layer of it, which is can you really keep there, – there's no precedent for guys playing on their fifth-year option without a new contract and lasting with that team. right? Now, this this system's only been around for 10 years, so we're not talking about 100 cases. We're talking about six or eight. right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's how the Titans replaced Mariota. They signed him to his fifth-year option. Or, or they picked up his fifth-year option, they went and got Tannehill, Tannehill beat him out, Tannehill has, has become their quarterback. Um, you know, I think nobody thinks Ryan Tannehill is a top-six quarterback, but he's won games and he's delivered, and they've put good players around him, and I think he has done what basically the Browns have asked Baker to do, and Baker has failed at doing this year. No one's asked him to be all-world, right? They've just asked him to take care of the ball and, and, you know, give him chances late in games, and that hasn't happened. So – um, But but what it's going to come down to there is can Bake, even if you wanted to give him one chance, knowing that the chip on his shoulder has driven him and knowing that he was hurt this year and all that stuff, with his personality and with what's at stake, could you even consider taking on the dynamics of having Baker here not as the unquestioned starter? Because as we talked about 10 minutes ago, they've made clear he's the unquestioned starter this year. Even though, even though they pay Case $8 million and Case has a certain level of accomplishment in the National Football League. So all of those dynamics come into play. And like last year when Baker blocked me on Twitter for writing that the Browns are good now and they should go get a real quarterback, and I said Deshaun Watson would be the one. This was before the legal troubles, of course. That's when Baker yeah. had trade value. Guys, let me tell you what Baker Mayfield's trade value is right now for the way he's played in an $18.8 million option for 2022 it's like zero <laughs> yeah. it would be in yeah. the third tier of quarterback transitions when a seattle or someone doesn't have one would give a six round pick for for a one year trial on baker mayfield like the raiders i mean Jeez. maybe the raiders would take him back just because they'd probably be bringing along along or or if they don't get russell wilson i don't know but like that's what i'm saying you're you're not he's not going to be a substantial piece of that trade if you right. do go get a quarterback, right? Like a Jacob Phillips is going to have to be a substantial piece of that trade or Grant Delpit's going to have to be a substantial piece of that trade or Harrison Bryant. And that's that they would trade him. Right. But like not Baker Mayfield. No. I mean, Bart Scott, known Browns hater, known shit stirrer. right? Early in the season, he said, this is the most replaceable quarterback in the, in the league. I mean, he's a hundred percent, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right, like go through right now. If 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 this was March third and the Browns said he's available, like how many teams would even sit down and converse about it? A quarter of the league, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe Carolina.
2: Right, would even would even converse about it? A quarter of the league. So yeah, so the 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 Jimmy Garoppolo thing, you know, as you lay out how how this is going to go, Jason, I think San Francisco is in a league of its own because they're the only ones that already have an in-house replacement. They drafted the guy number three overall and Mm -hmm. ready or not, he has to be because they save 24 million in cap room by moving on from Garoppolo. So, you know, do they do that right away? Is there some team that wants Jimmy? Does he kind of wander out there into the wilderness? You know, do the lions roll golf back saying, we're not going to be good anyway. We're still a year away in our rebuild. You know, this, this kid, down in Houston seems at least like you know he's playing with nobody. He's a rookie. He barely played in college. Like he at least seems worth more development. You know I, I don't know how that would go, but I can tell you that if they, there's just not going to be much of a market for Baker Mayfield, unless unless guys give up the game altogether. <laughs> and we don't think Rodgers is going to retire, but we know we don't know what he's going to do, and the Packers don't either. So. I mean he might demand a trade, he might demand an extension to play ten more years, or he might disappear into the Himalayas, nobody really knows. He's pretty damn good, I can tell you that. I mean that deep bottle Lazard. Like, here's how I compared it in the press box. It was thrown right right towards us as I saw it coming. Like, if I went running out there with my 7.840 speed, Jason, um, and someone was throwing me a ball, like there was only be one place like a four inch radius where you could put that ball where I would even have a chance to catch it without it knocking out my (laughs) eye or knocking me down. Um, That's where he put it to Alan are in full speed. Like he just looked up and the ball was there in his hands. Like it it was, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So um, guys, here's the lay of the land. Uh, This is Monday morning as we record in this. Hopefully you're listening Monday. Um, Stephane is going to talk. The Browns are players are off until tomorrow. Stephane is going to talk. I don't think they have any major injuries. Uh, obviously the COVID stuff lingers. They would love to get Kareem Hunt back. The Steelers stink run defense. It's terrible. So, um, you know, that that's the way the Browns can win this game. But it's not until next Monday. So uh, an in-person availability is going to be shut down in Berea. That's just the COVID world that we're living in. So it'll be kind of a quiet week uh, leading up. On Sunday, the Browns need the Chiefs to beat the Bengals. If the Bengals win, they clinch the division and the Browns are out. Um, if the Chiefs win the game, the Browns go to Pittsburgh Monday night and Ben's last home game with a chance to beat the Steelers and set up a week 18, uh, game against the Bengals, which would, uh, almost certainly be at 8:20, It would absolutely at least be at 4:30. So even if, uh, it's probably not going to be at one o'clock in week 18. If the Bengals are playing for the division, even if the Browns w- would lose and get knocked out because they're going to showcase that, but how that all works out, I don't know. The AFC playoff race is such a jumbled mess. Uh, And they try to get away from competitive advantages as far as team sitting guys, whatever, the kind of situation basically that burned the Browns back in 2007. Um, So, where the Colts knew they didn't have to win the game. So, we'll see how all that goes. But if you're a ticket holder, um, prepare for late afternoon, if not night game. And if you're an optimist, just believe that Pat Mahomes can beat the Bengals and that the Browns can go into Pittsburgh and put it together. And I will say this, Baker Mayfield, if there's one team that he's owned in his young career, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. It is the Bengals, yep. <laughs> so maybe or maybe not, this is a, a different um, type of team, different scenario. It's certainly strange. Um, on one hand, right, Jason, all you could ask for is to be alive with two weeks left, especially when you've had an up-and-down season. It just doesn't feel like they're a playoff team by any regards, but you got got to have something to fight for, and they did fight. They absolutely outplayed the Packers for stretches. And they absolutely are capable. They outplayed the Steelers for two and a half quarters the last time they played. Yep. So we'll see. You got any closing thoughts?
0: No, I'm really curious to see. I, I agree. I watched a little bit of the Steelers game last night. They're trash, but it's going to Heinz Field. It's a place that still has a lot of I, – I know the, the, the Browns, you know, they won there last year. They won a playoff game there. Uh, but it's still a place with a lot of buried bodies in, in Cleveland's history, and uh, I'm curious to see how this team comes out because I'll give them credit. They, they played harder in Green Bay than I thought they were going to. I thought they felt like their season ended the week before with the, the kick against the Raiders, and they came out and they fought, and I give them credit for that, uh, but I agree with you. I, I said I just felt after the first Baltimore game, this is not a playoff team, and I haven't seen anything to change my mind, but here we go. Two weeks to go and they're still alive. There's nothing else you can ask for.
2: Yep. All right. Thanks for listening. There will be a podcast, uh, later in the week. Like I said, it's just going to be both. Um, you know, everything's going to be a different kind of schedule this week and we'll see what happens. Hopefully the Browns get their guys off the COVID list and we quit living in this world where every hour we're worried about additions and subtractions to that. And they can go through, you know, a semi-normal week of preparation. So we'll see. Thanks for listening to civilized
1: Bark.